so excited to welcome you to Real Woman, Real Torah, a project of Bacheva Learning Center. We're here to offer you an authentic Torah learning experience, produced for women, by women. I hope you enjoy. You may have heard about our women's base midrash before. It's a beautiful space in the heart of Brooklyn where 16 women gather every single day to learn for three hours in the afternoon. It's a really incredible opportunity for these women to invest in their tar learning in a way that's really immersive and all-encompassing and really transformative in, in an incredible way. So our two of our second-year base midrash students... Mushki Kovish and Manu Minkowitz are coming on here today to share a little bit of what they've learned over the last couple of months. So at the start of this year, they began a series of mamarim referred to as Hemshech Samach Vav, and they were exploring the concept of the purpose of creation. What are we here for? What is our agenda? What are we doing here on earth? Um, and how does that fit into this global scheme of where, the direction that the world is going in? Over the last month specifically, they've been learning a mimer called Basilagani Tushin Lamed Aleph, which is a mimer delivered by the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Um, and it takes some of these ideas a little bit further and specifically talks about if and how we have the ability to um, divert from our purpose of creation. What happens when we do things that are wrong, do things that are not part of what Hashem, so to speak, planned for us? Um, they're going to be sharing some of their own reflections, some of their own thoughts, how they've understood the ideas in the mind that they've been learning. And this is something they've really immersed themselves in in a really serious way over the last couple of months. So it's really going to be a powerful uh, experience listening to them share some of what they've learned and their reflections on it. We're putting out this episode today um, in honor of Yitzvat. Yitzvat is the day that the Lubavitcher assumed leadership. And every single year on this day, he would deliver a uh, a discourse, a mimer that explores this same uh, the same theme of Abbasi Lagani, I came to my garden, which is building off of a mimer that was said by his predecessor, the the previous rabbi, and uh, each of his mamarim are really taking another part of his father in law's mimer and explaining it in a different way. So. This specific episode is going to be exploring the mimer Basilagani from Tush and Lamad Aleph. I hope you enjoy. We all have, you know, the question of life. It's so unfair that we're created into this world and we're expected to do something that is literally impossible. Hashem gives us all these rules, 613 mitzvahs, and these are if we really like try to mush them together and like each mitzvah is, is a huge category. Um... And how are we expected to keep up with all of this? And we feel so bad each time we don't do it. And it's not like it's like seven mitzvahs that we could actually fulfill and like, okay, fine, we could do it. But most people, by the time they pass away, are not tzaddikim and not even beinanim, you know? We don't do everything. So how are we expected? We're, we're literally set up to sin. How are we expected um, to do the right things? Yeah, and to make that question even deeper, it's like we know that okay, we're not, we're expected to have like these, follow all these rules. And, but we're told that once we do something wrong, every descent for the sake of an ascent, and like, hey, we're going to get stronger out of that. But why would Hashem set up the world by putting us to go to sin, so to say, to do our to have this descent. And then from that place of not connection, we could connect on a bigger level. Why 
why is the reality of the world that once we sin, once we disconnect from Hashem, we actually get closer to Him and we can actually get to a much elevated place? So let's actually, journey through that. Um, I think if we're discussing where sin comes into our life, why does Hashem put sin in our lives? We have to go to the first place where we actually see that someone sinned. And without me even answering this, you know that the first time somebody sinned was on the seventh day of creation. Hashem finally felt that the world was ready enough to have man created. And Hashem created Adam HaRishan, the first person to ever exist. Hashem handcrafted him, blew his soul within him. Literally, like, he was his pride, his jewel, his one person that he actually formally formed. And before we even get to know anything about Adam, we're known that he's, like, really, like, this, like, basking in paradise, basking in the rays of Hashem's glory and everything. And then, like, next thing we know, he did exactly the one thing that he wasn't allowed to do. He sinned. He did something that was totally against what Hashem wanted from him. Any, any, like, any person that's new to learning Tyra, anyone that learned Tyra when we were little, we're like, couldn't you have figured it out? Adam, the number one like definition of what it means to be like the best person ever. You were created by God. You were basking in his glory. He was all revealed to you. How did you get away from this? How did you do something wrong? And it's very nice to ask questions about other people. But if we look inside of ourselves, really, we ask this question about Adam because we have this question ourselves, right? Yeah, we we it's so, so, so easy to like reflect all or deflect all of our defects onto other people. It's like the easiest thing to do. How did Adam sin? Well, did you ever learn about who we are? Do you know that we also had our soul blown into us and we were created as a literal piece of Hashem himself, so we're on Adam's status. Not only is our soul a literal piece of Hashem, but the body of a Jew is told to be have to be to have been chosen by Hashem himself. And if you look, if you do any um, analyzation about choice, choice comes from an essence of a person, so or essence of oneself. And thereby, that tells us that our body was literally chosen by the essence of Hashem. Our body was chosen by Atmos itself. So here we have me, Menucha, walking around. I have a soul that's a piece of Hashem and a body that was chosen by the essence of Hashem. So I don't think I need to diverge my attention to Adam. Let me put some reflection on myself. And that question really becomes pretty subjective of how do I sin? How does it come to be that someone like me who, or any Jew, someone like Mashkian, anyone of you listening, any Gid, how is it possible that we actually diverge from the plan of what Hashem wants of us, diverge our reality of something else other than God, if all we are is a piece of God chosen by God himself? We spoke about the first time we saw sin in a person, and that was with Adam. But now, could we be a little radical and see, was there ever a time that God himself did something that was not part of his plan? Did we ever see that Hashem did something that wasn't as he expected it to continue? Um, because we now just redefine sin, that it's not, it's, it's not, it's just why we are scared of sin, because it's opposite of the plan. We want to get from point A to point B. We mess up, we go out of the way. That's not part of our plan. We get upset. So maybe we could say, that we don't need to be that scared of sin. Maybe sin isn't the scariest thing. Human beings are uncomfortable when we don't go as things plan. If there's traffic, we get very, very irked. If we make the wrong turn, worst case scenario. If we make a schedule for ourselves that five o'clock we're going to have a certain meeting with a friend and she cancels, that friend's canceled. No pun intended. 
<laughs> okay. But all jokes aside, it really doesn't feel good and it doesn't fit our way that we like to lead a perfect style life. And it doesn't fit with like our black and white, you know? We think Hashem is black and white, but really maybe it's just us. Yeah, exactly. We're uncomfortable with gray. Gray has <laughs> too many shades for our eyes to catch. Exactly. So now let's redefine what happens when we sin. So we understood why we're uncomfortable with it. But maybe we could say that it's not the worst thing in the world. Maybe we could say that it's not that bad if we did something that wasn't planned. Now let's redefine sin. We could say that when we sin, when we do an Avera, it's opposite of the plan. It's not what we envisioned for us to, for our journey to take. But it could be it's part of the intention. It was intended what we did that wasn't part of our plan. But there was a lot of intention there. And to take this one step further, we went to the first person that sinned. But maybe we could be a little radical and we could say, did we ever see with God himself that he did something that was not part of his plan, but could have been intentional? So yeah, it says that everything that happens down here, the only reason it's able to happen down here and we're given space for that action to be possible is because that also happens above. So let's see. We went to the days of creation. So we're familiar with our days of creation. We went to the seventh day when man was created. Now let's go a few days back. And we're going to see that actually there was a little mess up of the plan. And there was something that didn't go as Hashem planned. So we're on the fourth day of creation. And Hashem creates these two great luminaries, the moon and the sun. And the moon comes with this little complaint. And he's like, how could there be two kings under one crown? There can't be so much people giving influence and light. And Hashem says, you know what? You're right. And he diminishes the moon. So he did something that was not part of his plan. And if he did that, why didn't he just to begin with create a big sun and a small moon? Or well, did Hashem not know that there can be two kings under one crown? Exactly. Like, this is pretty obvious. Why did he create two, the moon to be big and then he had to diminish it? And now we're good. Why couldn't he just do that to begin with? That's the first time we actually see in this physical world a mess up of Hashem's plan. Hashem did something that wasn't part of his plan, but it could have been intentional. So we could go even further back before this world was created. There was a fake world created. Before this physical world that is structured with spiritual worlds and then our physical world, like leading to our physical world and then our physical world, everything is organized. There was a world that was a little more messy for whoever knows Ailam Hatayu, um, the world of chaotic, the chaotic world. Yeah. And I explained to my eighth grade students, I said, it's like if you put water in a cup, in a glass cup and you close the cup with something also glass and you put it in the freezer, the ice will become bigger and the glass will crack. So that's what happened. Hashem created a world where there was a lot of light, a lot of Shefa, and not enough vessels to contain this light. And those vessels broke. And then Hashem was like, okay, let's take those broken vessels, put them inside of this world. You'll find this world, blah, 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 blah. But what's, what's this thing? Like, what's this fashion? What's this notion of Hashem creating things and then like messing it up and creating a new thing? We see it with the sun and the moon. And now we see it with Shavir Sakelim. Hashem wants that world or this world. Like what's, what's, if you want that world and leave it that way. And if you knew it's not going to work and it's going to break, which Hashem obviously knew, then make this world. And if you would say that it would have to break in order for us to have those sparks to elevate, 
just put those sparks in this world. Hashem could yeah. create it in whatever way he wants, in whatever fashion he wants. So just create a world where these sparks that we have to elevate. Why did those sparks have to be from a different world? It seems to be a little chaotic. It's like Hashem likes being creative. He likes, <laughs> he likes yeah, Hashem is rebellious, in fact. Um, so, and if we go even before that, um, the first, first place that we see, because, you know, all these things we could say, we could say that Shavira Sakalim was because we needed sparks in this world. And about about the um, moon becoming smaller, you could say that the moon became smaller because the moon complained. So fine, it's like a different entity, so to say. But if we go to a step even before that, we see that it's really just Hashem and he's messing up his own plan. And that is with Timtum, with um, con- Hashem contracting himself, Hashem making um, space within himself, which is like a black hole space, um, a place where there's none of him. And why is that contradictory to the plan? Because Hashem's whole plan is that he should be revealed. So great, be revealed. Why do you need to make a space with no revelation then do a world and then a revelation? Again, what's this whole deal with like these like, long processes to get to your goal. You want this or you want that, just do it. Um, so really for this, we want to understand first what's symptom all about and what, like, what is this world all about? So actually very interesting. I was thinking literally years ago, I was sitting and thinking, and as I was learning something with my father, I brought up a very interesting idea to my father. And I was telling him how I think that we are created with such like chutzpah. And I didn't even say chutzpah. I said that we humans, like our number one quality is that we're very selfish. Like we know that in order to survive, we'll do anything. And I said to my father that maybe it's because we're created in the image of Hashem. We have a piece of Hashem inside of us and we feel that piece. And therefore we feel independent. Meaning we think that we're independent beings and we need to like sustain ourselves and like we need to take care of ourselves. And maybe that's actually because we feel the real self, which is Hashem. And years later, when I learned like other things, I actually saw this brought up in my Marim and Sichas of the Rebbe, where the Rebbe explains that this is actually the goal of creation. Hashem creates a world where there is darkness. Hashem doesn't just want to shine his light just in order to shine. No, Hashem wants to create separate beings, beings that don't necessarily feel that they're a part of him, and that those beings come to a recognition that they're actually are that they actually are a part of him, and they actually do want to do whatever he wants because they're a part of him. Hashem doesn't want us to be puppets who follow rules. Hashem wants us to be independent from him and still come to the recognition that we want him. If my student doesn't behave well or my camper does the wrong thing, it doesn't make me happy. I'm kind of annoyed at it. But when they do. It gives me a lot of nachas because even though they're separate, even though they're very independent and they have their own personality and their own opinion, they still know to connect to themselves and do the right thing. So this is exactly what Hashem does. So going back to Tintum, Hashem creates this space. Hashem creates an empty space of himself. So he conceals himself in order to make independent beings. And these independent beings will eventually connect to their real selves, which is Hashem, and bring the light that was originally there out through themselves. So now this is where it could get a little confusing because how going back to sin, how does this tie back to sin? Because where does it show the most that you're independent and that 
you have your own self. It's when you have the option to sin. You have the option to do opposite. Why does Hashem have the, the option to do many different things? It's because He is the only independent being. So uh, many, many of that, many a example of that is us. That when we have the choice to do good or to do bad, we're basically being like the Creator. But here is where it gets a little bit confusing. Because then you say, oh, so maybe maybe sin is great. Maybe sin is good. Shows on independence. Shkoyach. And the point of showing on independence is showing that we are created in God's image. And we have this essential part of God who could choose to reveal himself or not reveal himself. We could do the same thing. We could either connect to Hashem, reveal our connection to Hashem, or stay away from it. Conceal it. Yeah. So here it's where it gets a little bit confusing because we could think to ourselves, oh, if darkness, if sin shows an independence and it shows that we have the option to choose, then maybe we should be sinning. Great. We express God by sinning. We express how independent we are, how Shem created us in his own image. He could do both things. So we could do both things. No? Mm-hmm. It could get very confusing. Yeah. And to clarify, which is actually a very important clarification, because without this, we might end up with that big, big, big mistake. So going back to the days of creation, I guess that's where everything happened. All, all goodness happened in the days of creation. We just mentioned, this is our third day we're mentioning. It says, There was morning and there was night. There was evening and there was morning. And the Midrash explains that morning represents the actions of, of the righteous people and evening represents the transgressions of the bad people. And the Medrash continues and it says, and we don't know which one's more desired by Hashem. We don't know if it's the good actions of the tzaddikim or the transgressions of the Rishayim. Well, hello, what do you think is more desired by Hashem? But the Pasa continues, by er, by he biker, and um, and it says, and Hashem saw that the daytime, the light, was good. So that proves to us that that's how we know that that's what's desired. So the mentor says, if it didn't say this, we actually wouldn't have known. We would be a little confused. What does Hashem want more? The good actions or the transgressions? And the Baal Shem Tev, um, continues on this. Basically, the point is like this. The Baal Shem Tev explains that it's not like, like bad is turning into good because it shows an independence. But when you have the option to do both, the darkness illuminates the light. When you put a candle in a dark room, it's much more effective than when you put it next to the sun. Or right? everyone knows that when you're going through a tunnel and it's dark, um, but the second you get out of the tunnel, it seems like the day got brighter, but the day didn't actually get brighter. It's just like you were coming from a dark place. So light is more pre- um, prevailing. Because if, again, if we didn't have this independence, that we would be just puppets. But even when we have this independence, because we are essentially connected to Hashem, we also want mitzvahs. Hashem so- chose mitzvahs over darkness because that's what he wants. That's Ratzin Hashem. That's, that's his, his taiva. But his taiva for us is to realize that within ourselves. So even though we have a choice, and this choice shows of independence, the same as by him, but the same as by him, we still could connect to our essence, which is him, and discover that what we want is mitzvahs, is the good. And we don't even need to like meditate and and connect to ourselves and go through all the bad in order to come to understand that good is good because we have it in the Torah and we know it. And if everyone asks themselves, they know that it's the right thing. 
But again, to clarify, the whole point is not just to show independence. It's not just to make creations that could do whatever they want, but to make creations that could do whatever they want and they have the potential to discover God within themselves and choose whatever God wants because that's essentially what they want. Exactly. And to tie this back to the beginning of our discussion, why would it be necessary to have sin in order to get closer to Hashem if sin isn't good? I think we just shed a lot of light on this. And we kind of redefined that what gets us so scared about sin is that it's not what we planned and not the direct path to get us somewhere. But now we see that really our choice of choosing bad or good and um, eventually choosing good over bad actually expresses our innate essential bond and connection with godliness. We could see and we could understand and we could get more of an awareness of why Hashem set up the world like this. So now to clarify, we understand where sin has significance in our life. Sin is significant because it gives us what we call Bechir Chavshis. It gives us choice. And that choice is there to show us our essential connection and our essential existence of being a living ambassador, a living really extension of God in this world. And with that, we can now understand how sin or when we do something wrong is not part of the plan. It's not what we expected the plan to be, but there was a lot of intention there because we all know that once we do something wrong and once we maybe make this wrong, wrong choice, so to say, we actually, once we decide to get better, we could actually be intentionally much better people. So once we went to this place, and even though this is not the point, and we shouldn't be going around and thinking we should start sinning because it expresses our godliness. But we should go around and realize that the reason we have choice there is to express our divine within us. We can now go and understand what if we once sinned already? What happens if we sinned? We made a mistake. We fell to the ground. We did something we really didn't want to do. Should we be like that person that had her 30-day exercise regimen and messed up on her 17th day and doesn't exercise anymore? Or should we see how maybe that mess up could get her to a better place and a higher place from that? So a great example for this is actually a baby walking. So when a baby walks, they always gonna, they're going to walk two steps and they're going to fall down. It's actually interesting because someone told me, uh, don't test me on this, but if I remember correctly, someone told me a while ago that it's actually very important for them to let them fall because when they fall, they start learning their balance. They start learning the, the ground and that's how they get used to like... Stability. Yes. Thank you. Stability. That's how they get used to stability and that's how they eventually do four steps and six steps and, and more steps. So that's the same idea with us. When we sin, the sin is not just there because you could say like, why would Hashem make it in a way that a baby could fall? But how could Hashem make us in a way that we could sin? So besides for the fact that it shows an independence... Also, once you sin, in the according to the order of the world, if we look at the world, again, in the black and white formula, Hashem created a spiritual world and then this world, and in this world, everything is very one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, then, yeah, if you sinned, there's no way back. But Hashem created this loophole system. The loophole is, is us, is the fact that we're connected to Hashem with no... Um, boundary in between us and Hashem and when we sin we're actually able through the sin to do teshuva to connect to 
to a deeper part of Hashem, to a part of Hashem that doesn't care about systems and rules. And there we bring that new awareness into our life, bring that new light of Hashem into our life, which is above those systems. So besides for the fact that sin shows independence, also once you already sinned, you bring in a higher light of Hashem into your life. Yes, and they say that once we do tshuva, once we repent for the sins that we do and we connect to this higher light of Hashem that goes above all systems and ways of getting his influence down here to us, actually the sin that we did is transformed to goodness because only through that sin did we get to such a good place with godliness. So there's a story, one of my favorite stories, that really proved this point of how someone having not goodness in their life or having major bumps in their road could actually transform them and get them to a higher place. So there was once this kid that was really, really bullied as a child. He was so bullied that if, to the point where he actually left school and dro- became a dropout because he couldn't handle this torment anymore of day in and day out of being bullied. Fast forward a few years, he's this dropout, he's on the streets and he's very, very savvy. And over the years, he works himself up and he develops a great business plan and he becomes really, really rich. And he's now an adult and he's a really rich adult based on all the time he had to learn skill on the street from when he was a young child. And he's also a big ball tzedakah with all the money he has. He gives lots of charity. One day he gets a knock on his door. He's used to this. People come asking for money. He opens the door. Lo and behold, who is it? His original bully. But he, he's a mature guy now, so he doesn't have a freak attack, a panic attack. But inside, he's kind of a little flustered. And he's like, hi, Shalom Aleichem, what are you doing here? And his bully tells him, my job these days is actually I'm a tzedakah collector for the yeshiva. I'm the fundraiser. And I know I hear that over the years you made money. And I'm here to get money from you. I'm here to ask you if you want to support the yeshiva. So this fellow rich businessman now has three options of what he could do. He could either be like, get yourself away from here now. Like, it's enough I didn't close the door on you till now. Like, get away now and don't ask me for money. Or he could just take a big deep breath in and give him whatever check that he's used to giving, $180. Or what he actually did might blow your mind. He calls him in, brings him to his office, and he says, the only reason why I'm really rich today is because when I was younger, I was bullied, and I went to the streets, and I picked up all these skills, and now I built up with Hashem's help, but now with those skills, I actually made a lot of money from the skills I learned. So it's really thanks to you that I am where I am today in my financial state. And with that, I would like to give you a big sum of donation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he gives him a lot of money. So I think that this is like exhibit A of really what our sin expresses. This is obviously after the fact. Once we made a mistake, how this can express itself in our relationship with Hashem. We all have been in places, and speaking for myself, I have been in times in my life where I definitely feel like I hit certain or cross certain boundaries where I would have never wanted to cross in my life or certain even just emotional statuses or realities where I just felt like I was in a rut and did not like that. And from that, I actually got to a much better place in my life. And I'm sure listening here, you could all think of at least one or two examples in your life where that happened. And from that descent, from that space of being like, I really don't want to be here anymore. I'm so low. I really don't want to be here anymore. 
we figure out ways in our life to actually make our life a little bit more functional, a little bit more happy, a little bit more mature, a little more or a lot more conscious after the fact. Well, on that note, I heard a really, really amazing um, sentence, I guess, that the Baal Shem Tov, quote that the Baal Shem Tov said. Um, so it says, let me fall if I must fall. The one who I will become will catch me. Meaning Hashem drops us and it's scary to fall, but we're falling. But then the person that we become contains the person who was painting once he was falling and brings it up and elevates it. So all the pain, the anxiety, the fears that we express in our life will, if we elevate and work through it, become a part of us and make us stronger. And we won't, like when it's happening, you're like, I don't want this to be a part of my life. But when it's over and when you transformed it, you actually take it with you and you would never want that thing to not be a part of you because that's what made you so much stronger. If you talk to people who went through severe trauma and crazy experiences, if they actually work through it, they'll tell you that when they were triggered and stuff, they used to say that they never want this to happen again. But whenever they actually worked through it, they were happy because that's what made them such a strong who they are. Yeah, who they are, such strong people. And yeah, you could say it's like cliche and we've heard this, but with all this insight and, and, and explanation from the Rebbe, it just becomes so much more clear and so much more deep. And we all of a sudden understand that maybe... Us being so scared of sin is just us being a little bit of control freaks and being scared of, of actual change and actual advancement in our life. Yeah, I last night when we we're for bringing having our chavrusa schmooze, <laughs> um, I was I was saying that I think where we get into our biggest issues is ourselves. Like we prefaced in the beginning, we get so scared of diverging from a path. That is actually, those divergents are actually so intentional. And we just get anxious because we don't know what's going to, the outcome of that diverge will be. And when we're going through it, we don't see the ending. But we have to remember two things. First of all, us being able to diverge from the path creates us as human beings. And that's exactly what God had a desire for that in this world. Um, what Hashem wanted is human beings who have a choice. And that's actually an expression of our divinity, this choice. And with that choice, we choose to do the right thing. And if we actually end up diverging from the path, we could actually connect to Hashem on a much greater level. And to answer our original question, why would Hashem set it up that this diverging from the path is a concealment of himself, is something that doesn't connect us to him, it's an avera, why would he choose that to be the way for us to connect to him Greater, that ties in with the fact that us having this possibility of doing wrong over right or right over wrong is an expression of the divine.